Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab a large four-topping pizza for only $11.99 at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Order our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings. Plus, make sure to try our marble cookie brownie for dessert. Check out all the great deals at Domino's.ca. Russell takes the time, looks over the top, he's got a man, McKissick! Touchdown, Seahawks! Ace Keenum takes the pad out blind snap, three-step drop, fires to the end zone! the touchdown reception. Hands it off to Williams. Off the right side. Has to bounce to the left to the outside. Makes a turn. 20, 15, 10, 15, for the touchdown. And the Packers have won. It'll be a three-yard gain to the 17. And a Steeler is down on the play. Ryan Chazier just unloaded on him when it was coming across as he catches that ball. And it looked like he might have dinged his neck. With your inside look at everything football, it's TSN 4 Downs with Andy McNamara. Brought to you by Domino's. Week 14, ladies and gentlemen, rolling along, and this weekend, likely the opening weekend of your fantasy football playoffs. I got you covered, folks. Don't worry. Lots of fantasy talk today. We're delivered by Domino's. Go to Domino's.ca. You can choose any medium feast pizza for just $10.99. That's it, $10.99. Get their side dishes, pasta, breads. Marbled cookie brownie for dessert, whatever you want, whatever you need, delivery, carry out, dominoes.ca, dominoes.ca. To help us with the fantasy football playoff talk, this is what, what's funny to me. People start panicking right now. They start panicking. You made the playoffs, now it's all on the line, one and you're done. They panic. So to help us get through that, James Coe, NFL Network fantasy analyst from the NFL Network, he's going to be by. Also, we'll talk some Giants. A little bit of Cowboys with Jordan Ronan. He's ESPN NFL reporter. That'll be in a little bit as well. Hey, tons going on off the field. You had Ben McAdoo. Bye-bye. He's gone. Eli Manning reinstated the hashtag free Eli. It worked. Eli Manning is back in against the Cowboys. I am not sure what to expect from that game. Do the players rally around Eli? Can Dak Prescott carry on from they took out the Redskins the other week? Like, What are we to expect in that matchup? So we'll uh, go over that with uh, with Jordan. Also, Cleveland Browns. Hey, new GM. John Dorsey coming over. Used to be at the Kansas City Chiefs. The reign of terror for Sashi Brown is over. 1-27, in folks. I can't stress how historic that is. Literally. Not just, oh, they're the worst, and, and you just say it. Literally the worst record for a coach and front office tandem starting in NFL history. What's the NFL been around? Like 100 years? The worst. Sashi Brown and Hugh Jackson, 1-27. and 27. Who would have thought, Skriz, producer Mike Skrizniak, that if you bring in a Harvard lawyer who used to own nightclubs uh, that dealt with in, in salary caps and contracts to make your football operations, oh, and his helper is Paul DePodesta, who is the money ball guy for Major League Baseball. Who would have thought that would have failed? Oops. No, it's done, buddy. It's done. Thank goodness. Now we got an old school football guy, John Dorsey. I'm a little surprised that Hugh Jackson was able to survive. But his argument was, well, what the bleep did you expect me to do with this roster? It is the youngest roster. It is void of talent. And this is what I love too, Chris. Last night, John Dorsey's first move, cut Kenny Britt. Oh, immediately won me over. Titans legend Kenny Britt. I might get it. I might oh, get goodness. it. A John Dorsey GM jersey for cutting Kenny Britt, who is the biggest 
free agent bust. At least Terrell Pryor tried. Kenny Britt was dancing, gator arm throws. He was there to collect money. Thievery for Kenny Britt. Hot garbage. Gone and kicked to the curb where he belongs. I can't stand Kenny Britt. So and I'm you, glad so you don't like him. Okay. I don't like we got, him. We got that. I tweeted at him, too. Told him what I thought. He oh, really? He, he didn't get back You're to me. You're a big man. He didn't get back to me. <laughs> Come on, Kenny! What a loser. So he's gone. John Dorsey is in for the Browns. But, and, and we'll get into more Giants talk about what the, the regime change, Eli being back, the future, and also, again, with the, the Dallas Cowboys, that whole division, which you're uh, running in a little bit. Uh, we'll get to our poll question here because, Scriz, yeah, it's fantasy playoffs, man. Fantasy playoffs. So which of these quarterbacks will have the biggest NFL fantasy week? That's our poll question at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. Which of these quarterbacks will have the biggest fantasy week? Will it be Josh McCown versus the Broncos, Eli Manning and his triumphant return versus the Cowboys, Derek Carr against the Chiefs in a leaky secondary, or Big Ben Roethlisberger and the Ravens in another nasty AFC North battle? I voted for Josh McCown. Even though it's in Mile High, I'd be more comfortable if it was at home. But those Broncos, they're just... They're beside themselves, Chris. They, 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 they just can't play. It's crazy to me that I actually thought about voting Josh McCowan in, in Denver. This is the world that this we is, live in. Th- we, we're in the upside down. This is Stranger Things. We're in the upside down. Yeah, th- th- this is Bizarro Land. Case Keenum's relevant. Josh McCowan, you'd rather have over potentially somebody like a Ben Roethlisberger or an Alex Smith. I did go with Ben Roethlisberger in this pool. I would have gone Derek Carr if he had Amari Cooper. Mm. Because Crabtree's that, back. Because that Thursday nighter in, I think it was in October, that big shootout between the Chiefs and the yeah. Raiders, Cooper went for like 200 yards mm-hmm. and two TDs. Alex Smith put up 45 points. It was a shootout. I don't think it's going to be the same type of game this week. So but big hey, is Crabtree back? You'll have Crabtree there, right. but then who's the second option? Jared well, that- Cook is... Bet Boomer bust. Right. Seth, Seth Roberts. Roberts Cordero Patterson. Like, there's not a lot of options. No, there's really not right. a lot of options there. You're right. So I went with Roethlisberger just because he has the weapons. He knows the Ravens. Obviously, they're a good defense, but... He won't have one weapon. No juju. No juju. But the, the Steelers still want to battle for home field in the playoffs. So they're going to be throwing. They're going to try to put up points. I think I, the Steelers are going to win that game, Scrizz, but that's going to be, I think, like a, a 13-10, like down and dirty. The Ravens have given up the second fewest points to fantasy quarterbacks this year. And when they played earlier in the year, Big Ben did next to nothing. That's my concern. Not that he doesn't have the weapons, but the Ravens' defense. like They, they are going so old school, shut down, kind of like the, 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 the old trap in the NHL, right? They, they will bore you to death. That's my concern with playing my, Roethlisberger. My hot take is that the Baltimore Ravens win a playoff game this year. Really? So not even just to make it. It might be bold enough to say they'll make the playoffs. Well, I think they're going to face either Jacksonville or Tennessee, and I favor the Ravens over both those opponents. They got the experience. Say what you want about Joe Flacco, right? You just have to get in and get hot at the right time. just give Alex Calls the ball. Yeah, don't overcomplicate. He's honestly, he's the only decent option on that offense. Like, Macklin's crap. Flacco's crap. (laughs) uh, They have no tight end. No, they're tight. Um, Dennis Pitta, I think he retired. He like broke his hip like four times. And <laughs> Mike Wallace, years. like, where's he been? Oh. He was around for the first three weeks. He hasn't done crap since. No. So give the ball to Collins because he actually is. He, he has a lot of talent. Only fantasy relevant guy on that team is Collins. Yeah, absolutely. Right and they're still going to win a playoff game. It boggles my mind. That's the, the bold prediction. Down. My bold prediction last week, and there's still time for me to be wrong, but I like my chances with it. Joe Mixon would not rush 
for another 100 yards, and he's going to miss the game with a concussion. Seems like a good call right Boom. now. That's right. I'm going Josh McCown. You can vote, though, at TSN 4Downs, at AndyMC81, of which of these quarterbacks will have the biggest fantasy week heading into the fantasy playoffs. Josh McCown, Eli Manning, Derek Carr, Big Ben. Now off, well, on the field and then off the field, the discussion. That Steelers-Bengals game, Scriz, was, I like hard-hitting football as much as the next guy. That was nasty. Boomer Esiason was on the air, and he said that, the games in the 80s when he played, they would be called body bag games. And back then it was, oh, I took a big hit. But now everything we know about head injuries and concussions and all that, like now it's, it's much more pronounced. And boy, you saw that like Scrizz, like, oh my gosh. Like Juju took out Vontae's perfect. He's one of the most unlikable characters in football, but that was nasty. Ryan Chazier is having spinal stabilization. That was a bit more of just a fluke. But the targeting, Antonio Brown got yeah. nailed. It's like if you watch on a Sunday, usually like there's one hit that you'll sit yeah. back and you'll cringe because you're like you feel bad for the guy. It happened three times in that Monday night. It got out of control, absolutely out of control. Now, Mike Mitchell of the Steelers had a great soundbite, and we love it. And here's here's the balancing point because in the end we have to remember you try to keep the players safe, but it's still contact football, right? You're you're still hitting people. You have to do that. That's that's the game. So where do you draw the line? Now, I think it's obvious the helmet-to-helmet, head-to-head things that we saw Monday night, completely unacceptable. But some of the incidentals, where can you hit a guy or not? Well, Mike Mitchell of the Steelers in practice this week, he, uh, well, he went off. The ball is in the air and a man jumps or a man ducks his head. How do you want me to re- readjust my body? You cannot do it. At the end of the day, this is football. If you want to see flag football, then let's take our pads off. That would make it easier for me because now I don't got to wear heavy but give us flags for me to pull off because that way I know what we're playing. You know, I signed up to play full-speed contact football, and we're not doing that. I feel like i got to ask a guy, hey, are you ready for me to hit you right now before I hit you? And that's crazy. I'm going to mess around and get hurt trying to protect an offensive player because he's running an over route. Damn it, your quarterback shouldn't have threw that ball messed up. That happened two years ago. That's not, I'm, I'm not joking at all. Andy Dalton threw a ball to Tyler Eifert two years ago. Tyler Eifert had to die for it. I was aiming for his gut. But if he don't die, if he don't get in the head, that's 50 grand out of my pocket, though, because Andy throws a bad ball. Make that make sense. And at first you're taking our money, but now, you know, I got was like Matt Hasselbeck calling me a dirty player and trying my character, and we've never met before. I donate more money to Cincinnati underprivileged kids than probably people on the Bengals. So don't give me that name. My nephew goes to school there, man. I take all that personally. If you don't know me, if you never had a conversation with me, don't judge us by what you see on football, because football is my competitive side. That was an awesome rant. And to a point, yeah. Like midair, that, that's what what we have to realize when we slow things down in instant replay it's easy to, to say but fast full speed sometimes incidental contact's going to happen that's not what i think the issue is the issue though is when you purposely are leading with your helmet like in that steelers Bengals game to hurt somebody that's the problem absolutely but then you, there's suicide passes in hockey yep and then you have crossing routes over the middle of the field where you make a receiver jump and he's vulnerable like I, I understand what Mike Mitchell's saying in that respect, because the court, like the bad quarterbacks, yeah, they'll put the receivers in harm on some throws, but you really, you can't say this in 2017, because now if you try to make a complaint ten years down the road, uh, yeah, hey, back. hey, my brain hurts, my everything hurts from playing football, 
we're, they're going to look back at this quote and say, well, this is the sport you signed up for, pal. Yeah, said by you. Yeah. Now, the question might be, all right, what, what can the league do? I favor the targeting rule that they have in college football. You lead purposely. Now, you have to, again, put in some, some circumstances. There's a hit Jabril Peppers put on a receiver a couple weeks ago where he initially hit the guy in the chest, but his helmet then came up, hit him in the chin. The player wasn't, wasn't injured, but he got fined. And flags for that. See, that's like momentum in physics. Yes. That's, it's a little different than targeting with your head, hitting a guy underneath the jaw. Which is so, which is completely obvious, like it was in those Steelers games. I support that, where it's if you target, you're gone immediately. And you put something else in where if it's in the fourth quarter, you're also gone for the next game. So you don't Ooh. see guys flying around in, with three minutes left. I know how much you hate soccer, but yeah. like the whole yellow card, red card thing, I can see that happening where if it's like yep. a, like a the triple preppers pay. You don't want to eject him, but you give him a warning. Give him that yellow card to say, that. hey, if you do something similar, then you're gone. Yeah, I, I'd be totally fine with but that. But they and have maybe to do something. Do. They have to do something, man. Yeah. These guys are getting... It looks, like, it looks like a Saw movie out there. It was, it was... And then... And I know the Ryan Shazier was prob, was the... Not that one of the accident. direct ones. An accident. Like, but that still gets, like, spinal stabilization. Like, stuff like that is going to happen, but it just kind of all folds in together. Right, like it's as much as we love the NFL, it's it's, sad, it's a dangerous game. It's sad to watch sometimes. It is, and I really fear for the sport in ten, know, twenty years. I know, maybe it turns into something. You, Andy, you have kids. Yeah, you have a son. Yeah, are you gonna let him play football? Only if he's a punter. Nice. <laughs> you get a penalty if if you get hit, and you get a million dollars. Just don't tear your hamstring. No. You're good. <laughs> I guess you can you can rehab that though. But right? <sighs> that's what I would say. I'd say I'd say to my son, listen, be a punter. It's the perfect position. There's not a whole lot of pressure like a field goal kicker. If you get touched, the other team gets a penalty. You get a million bucks. But in all seriousness, I'd be a punter. Well, and you play to your forty. You have the you have the body of a punter. (laughs) But like, I don't know. I don't know if I want my kids. I think I'd rather have my kids playing soccer. One, it's cheaper. Yeah, Yeah. it's cheaper. You know, they're not going to get headshots all the time. It's true. Like, true. Oh man, it's it's tough. It's weird. It's a weird discussion to have. Yeah, uh, I'd love to have more parents chime in on Twitter. And let us know. That's a great idea. At TSN Four Downs, at Andy MCD One, and at Scrizzy Underscore TSN. If you have a say on that, you can vote on our poll question too. Let's take the break. We want to get into some Giants talk and Giants Cowboys with Jordan Ron, an ESPN NFL reporter. We'll take the break and chat with him. A lot more coming up on TSN Four Downs. Ben came up with the plan. Um, I initially signed off on the plan. My hopes had, had my hope had been to talk to him, to try to uh, have a little more flexibility with it, not have a hard and fast time when he was going to come out of the game. But by then, you know, Eli rightfully had rejected the notion of only starting, playing a half, and coming out. And we had issued the statement, and it was just too late at that point. As Giants owner John Mara coming out and explaining the Eli Manning fiasco. But he's back. Eli is back. Geno Smith rightfully parked on the bench. What a disaster. Ben McAdoo gone. Jerry Reese gone. And so the search begins and continues for a coach and GM for the New York Giants. They also have a huge game against the Dallas Cowboys. And what to expect? I chatted with Jordan Ron, and he covers the Giants for ESPN. And here's our conversation. Jordan, obviously the news of the week uh, shook the NFL. Ben McAdoo and his slick back hair and mustache are gone. 
Eli Manning back in. Also, Jerry Reese out as GM. That all broke uh, late last week and, and carried over. Um, the reaction around the team, the fan base with all of this, there, there's a lot of emotion going on. What, what are you hearing and seeing? Well, the fan base is thrilled, right? I mean, they wanted McAdoo gone. They were sick of Jerry Reese. And they wanted Eli Manning back as a starting quarterback, especially if it was going to be Geno Smith that's out there on the field. Like right. This is a, a fan base who they've seen Geno Smith across town. They've seen him play. <laughs> yes. So the fact that they saw him play, they didn't want that guy, you know, from what he was, it's kind of unfair to Geno Smith, of what he was three years ago with Rex Ryan as his coach in his first two years in the NFL. They didn't want that guy being the guy that replaced Eli Manning. Now, if it was the, if it was the younger guy, if it was Davis Webb, their third-round draft pick this year, I think it would have been a little bit more palatable. It wasn't. So the fan base is ecstatic about the way this all came about. The fact that Eli Manning is starting is going to be very well received. You kind of almost view this game even as sort of like, all right, it's a potential going-away party for Eli Manning. That's what I have a feeling hmm. that it's going to be like on Sunday. Because, hey, we don't know what's going to happen next year. We don't know if they're going to want to start one of these young guys. Not one of these young guys, but Davis Webb later in the season. Uh, now, Eli will probably start next week at home, but still the fact that this is the first game back, that they know that the time is coming to an end with him as their quarterback. He's won two Super Bowls for them, that this is going to be sort of like a coronation for Eli Manning. So the fans are definitely happy about that. As far as the locker room, though, the Giants locker room is a very interesting place, right? It's almost like, a world filled with delusion. Like the whole season has, has like storms and, and the, you know, the, the dumpsters are burning all over the place and <laughs> all this stuff is going on around them. And they just seem to be in a malaise like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, we're just going out there and we're playing. Like they're, they're almost delusional to what's going on. Wow. And uh, this, week, this week is sort of just an extension of that. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, one guy told me business as usual. I'm like, really? <laughs> business as usual? You just hired the coach and the general manager. And your quarterback for the last 13 years just got reinstated as a starter. How in the, how in the heck is that in business as usual? Right. And so, you're doing eight. Uh, but, but that's where that's probably why this team is too intense. Part of the reason, at least, why they're too intense. The main reason being that Odell Beckham broke his leg in in week five and almost broke his leg in preseason. Wow. Yeah. And and for for Eli and that whole offense, like he was playing for a time with a WR4 as his number one, because you were without Beckham, uh, Marshall, and Shepard for a time. And say what you want about Brandon Marshall, but he's still a competent NFL receiver. And you're doing yeah. that with, with, with a running game that never really gets the commitment. And so you're one-dimensional, but your one dimension isn't very dangerous to anybody. So it's no wonder that they've suffered, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's really a lot of things. I mean, Eli's definitely not the same quarterback he once was. Sure. He's definitely deteriorating. He's 36, 37. He's playing with a bad offensive line. And when you have a quarterback who can't move a lick with an offensive line that on the outside, when, especially when Justin Pugh, who's was playing right tackle for them, is injured, it's just really a toxic mix. I mean, they haven't, they've been bad with Eli Manning. Uh, he, they averaged 15.6 points per game in, in, in the 11 starts with him as the starter. So, I mean... They've just been bad. He's part of it. They're part of it. It's just, it's just been a, a really awful situation. It's been an extension of what they were last year because they weren't. They, I know they went 11 and 5 last year, but if you watch them every week, 
they didn't score 20 points. I think it was the last six games of the season. They didn't top 20 points. They were still winning, but they, their offense was still – It was, and they didn't score 30 ever last year. But now back – you go back to 2015 since the last time they hit 30 points in a game. So their problems were there and they existed. They were kind of hidden. Odell Beckham obviously helped, you know, hide everything because he's just that good a player. And this year, everything sort of came to a head, and it's been a total disastrous season for pretty much anybody and everybody associated with the Giants. Jordan, do you think if the decision was made to, going back to the, the quarterback switch, not Geno Smith, but going with Webb, the, the third-round pick, and that at least making more sense, do you think Ben McAdoo would still be employed? Not that he would have made it to next year, but that he would still have his job right now? Yes, I do. Wow! I I what a the mistake! Outrage, the, the outrage of what happened basically prompted the owners to, or uh, to felt like they had to make that move because when they can't look in Oakland last week, three thousand miles away from here, right? The the scene before the game was wild. There's a group of twenty or thirty fans that are chanting Eli Manning and you're you're my quarterback before the game. There's fans, young fans. I mean, like kids with signs that they wanted McAdoo fired. There's at least one or two people with fire McAdoo jerseys. And this was in Oakland <laughs> here this week against the Dallas Cowboys. And that's thousands of those people. It just would have been, they would have, they would have been a laughing stock. It would have been a complete joke. And I don't think ownership thought that they could possibly get to that point. So, and the fact that it was, it was McAdoo and Geno Smith combined without Eli Manning and the situation creating just a completely untenable situation for what they could expect on Sunday or wanted on Sunday. And uh, I think that prompted them to say, hey, we got to do this now. We can't wait another week. And then you saw Eli Manning has basically been reinstalled as a quarterback, which just goes to show you how big a mess this is because ownership signed off on that move. Yeah. And now ownership is now basically – Made, like, I mean, Steve Spagnuolo, the new coach, didn't really have a choice when he took over. Like, he was going back to Eli Manning for his own benefit and because the ownership told him that's what they wanted. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, so he's, they basically pandered to the public and put him back in, even though they had ownership had already signed off on the move, which is really not a good way to conduct business in professional sports. No. No, the 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 masses won. Uh, so good for the fan base, I guess. They get get Eli. The Eli farewell bad, tour. Especially what happens to bad organizations. Yeah, and the Giants that, are that's bad. They do that pander to the fan base. Right, exactly. In conversation with Jordan Ron and ESPN NFL Nation reporter covering the New York Giants. Now, Jordan, when you look at what the Cleveland Browns did, and they it, it came out that essentially, all right, well, the Giants pulled the trigger first. They're going to be in competition for a GM. As well, were the Browns. They brought in John Dorsey. That was a popular name floating about. Is there anybody that the Giants are honing in on for the front office? And was Dorsey in their their plans? And the Browns got him before the Giants could. Yeah, I don't think Dorsey. I mean, maybe the Giants would have looked into him, but I don't think it was like that's our guy. You know, right. we're going after this guy. I haven't heard nothing so far about their extreme interest in Dorsey. Uh, now, the Giants is, are really just starting. The Browns apparently were already uh, well into their evaluation of who their general manager is going to be. Uh, they've obviously been going ongoing with this process for several weeks now. So I think the Giants are actually several weeks behind them. But maybe they right. – I guess the Browns just got – they said, hey, why are we going to wait? What are we waiting for? 
we know the guy we're going to basically hire. Let's just go do this now, just in case the Giants sort of get into the mix. Because if you're the Cleveland Browns, you don't really want to be competing with anybody for jobs no. because that's not exactly the most stable of organizations. As, as much as the Giants don't look great in the short term here, uh, their long-term track record in regards to stable stabilization is better than the Cleveland Browns for sure. So they, they just said, hey, let's go do it. I, I think with the Giants, though, you've got like Dave Gettleman, who I would be surprised if they don't at least talk to. He was here before he ran the Panthers. Um, and they're going to look at some internal candidates. And then some of the top candidates that are expected to be on the market also, beginning probably with Nick Casario, who's hmm. the New England Patriots, uh, Bill Belichick's personnel czar, uh, I think that is something the Giants want to look into from everything that I heard. And in an ideal world, Casario would like to come, like to get it, like, you know, come as a package deal with Josh McDaniels. So I think that might be something that's going to pop up here in the next couple of weeks. And when you talk about those two guys, they're employed by Bill Belichick, who happens to have a very good relationship with the Giants organization, considering his past history. And with John Mara, the corner of the Giants in particular. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Jordan, we'll follow along and people can get you on Twitter and follow along there as well at Jordan Ronan, R-A-A-N-A-N. Jordan, thank you so much for taking the time. You got it. Anytime. Have a good one. All right. There you go. Jordan Ronan, ESPN NFL reporter. We'll take the break. And folks, help us here for your playoff weekend for fantasy football james co nfl network fantasy anchor joins me next on tsn four downs welcome back to the show this is tsn four downs you're listening on tsn 1050 toronto tsn 1150 hamilton across the tsn radio network you can get us on itunes soundcloud and folks we are delivered by domino's pizza don't forget go to domino's.ca any type of medium feast pizza for just $10.99. That's it, $10.99. Delivery carryout specials all on dominoes.ca. I'm Andy McNamara, and you can get us on Twitter at AndyMC81 at TSN4Downs. Well, folks, it's fantasy football playoff time. Also, if you're out of it, don't worry. We still have some daily fantasy advice, too. But if you're in your playoffs, it is go time. So I went to the NFL Network, and I got fantasy anchor James Coe. Spoke with him a little bit earlier today. Here's some help. James, it's playoff time in the fantasy world, and people are panicking, making irrational decisions, and normally sane individuals are just—they're asking wild, wild questions. What have you found each year when it comes to playoff time? Like, isn't it, isn't it crazy how people just seem to overreact? And, and you've done something right to get into your your league playoffs. Like, is is the advice to stick with it? Because I'm getting all sorts of questions on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny, right? Because like, there's like uh, weather news in Buffalo or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, oh my yeah. god, you got to bench all the assets <laughs> in this game. You can't play them. You know, it's just I don't know. It's funny to me. You know, I, people definitely start overthinking. Um, people definitely start overthinking. Um, you know, the the cornerback matchups and and uh, the 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 quarterbacks and uh, it's it's craziness, man. I mean. It, it's you're right. The formula is still the same. It's like, are they getting, you know, are they getting targets? Are they getting carries? Are they getting touches? Um, and how have they played over the last, you know, three or four weeks? Right. I think that is really the biggest thing. It's you kind of have to, there's two things that go on in week 14, right? When you get into the fantasy playoffs, 
in a way, you kind of sort of have to move on from, well, you've had to, you know, at this point, but you definitely need to move on from what you paid on draft day. It's like, well, I have to play this guy because, you know, I drafted him in the second round. It's like, I have to play Jordan Howard. No, you don't. I mean, the guy's (laughs) had, you know, six or less fantasy points in three out of the last four weeks. The Chicago Bears offense looks like trash. Like, no, you don't have to play this guy. If you have a better option, go for it. Um, And I, I would definitely divorce myself of the draft day price, which I think even in week 14, people, it's hard for people to do. Yeah, I'm with you. So speaking of crazy Twitter questions, let's get to a, a couple, I, I think, reasonable ones. So here's from uh, at uh, Hang On Sloopy on Twitter asks, uh, I have Big Ben on my roster, but panicking because he's facing Ravens defense. Do I stay with him or pick up McCown, Winston, or Garoppolo on waivers? Um, I, you know, the Jimmy G thing is interesting because, you know, I keep getting a lot of Jimmy G questions, and right now I, I don't necessarily know – um, if he's a streamable quarterback in 10 or 12 team leagues. I just don't I don't really get that. I mean, mm. you're really going to get top 10, top 12 production from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? I, it's gonna, it's an okay matchup, but I mean, come on, let's be real here. It's a second career start, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, or second career or second start for the San Francisco 49ers. So, I don't know. I'm not really buying that. Um, as for Josh McCown, I, I, what does this man have to do <laughs> to get a start <laughs> in, in fantasy leagues? I mean, he's yeah. a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. If you have Big Ben against the Baltimore Ravens, and I get they lost Jimmy Smith, um, what does Josh McCown have to do at this point? We're, we're at week 14. The man can play. He's right. playing really well in this offense. He's got weapons. Yes, you start Josh McCown over Ben Roethlisberger. Did you ever think you'd be in a world where Case Keenum would be lighting up the league and Josh McCown would get a fantasy start over Ben Roethlisberger, James? Wow. Oh, my God. You know what, what I was thinking about, too, is it's just the, this Jets-Denver-Broncos matchup just in general. Oof. I mean, think about where these two franchises are at right yeah. now. Yeah. Who would have ever thought coming into 2017, you would rather be the Jets than the Broncos in Week 14. That wow. is insane. Yeah, yeah. It's it's completely upside down. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, it is nuts. All right, uh, let's see. We have uh, one here that says, uh, Half-point PPR in my flex. Do I play Sterling Shepard, Travis Benjamin, Abdullah, or Ricky Seals-Jones? And that comes from Laura. <laughs> Woo! I love, Happy early I, exit. The reason I love getting these type of <laughs> questions, it's, it's like, bro, I, I mean... I, I don't know. There's no clear-cut answer there because they're all terrible plays. That's true. Um, the, you, I th- what I think when I get a lot of these questions is, and I kind of throw it back to the, to the guy asking, which is tight for volatility. Mm. You know, what's your appetite for risk? Because, um, and basically, are you chasing upside or are you chasing floor? And that is a very real question for a lot of fantasy managers, right? So um, it's interesting when you get this, dirt bag of a question because all these guys could legitimately give you one or less, right? Um, in terms of who's got the upside, it's Sterling Shepard. I think he's dealing with a hamstring injury, so obviously keep uh, a very close eye on that injury report, but if we're playing upside, yeah, it's Sterling Shepard, and if you're chasing upside, I think you go there. In conversation with James Coe of the NFL Network. He's an anchor there as well as NFL fantasy writer, podcast guy, and uh, so much more on Twitter, at James D. Coe. So speaking of the Giants, there's Sterling Shepard. Eli back. Everyone's good feeling, feeling great in New York. Eli's the savior, apparently, even though, well, there's a reason he was pulled. Uh, are, are, you, are you thinking any, anybody on that Giants offense is worth playing because of the Eli upside? 
Um, I don't know. I mean, we we know what we know of Eli. Yeah. It's not like he was gone for six weeks. No. Like I was gone for one game, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, we know what we know of the Giants. Um, I, I am actually encouraged by the fact that Spagnuolo is going to be the head coach there because, um, you know, quite frankly, either the offense or the defense, or maybe even both, I think they completely lost faith, faith in McAdoo. And um, I, I don't want to say they gave up, but I don't think it was a very good chemistry fit. And we can break down X's and O's and we can talk about targets and, and, and touches and all these things. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a game that is played with giant men slamming into each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, what is the it's an emotional game, too, much more so than pretty much any other sport. So, uh, you know, how up are these guys going to get now that Spagnolo is the head coach versus Ben McAdoo? Um, I, I'm actually encouraged by that. I think they have a pretty good matchup too against the against the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. I think they're going to try to slow it down a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm. I actually think they have a decent run game in Orleans Darkwall and uh, the various other running backs that they have there. So I don't know. Don't be surprised if they play a little bit more ground and pound football. Um, so maybe Darkwall with the Giants, but. But yeah, I mean, I think you know Sterling Shepard and um, and Evan Engram. I think they're I think they're fine, you know, quality flex plays. Now I know you're an old school wrestling guy. So who do you think had the better slick back hair, Ben McAdoo or Brother Love? That's close. That's <laughs> what a close. Pull. Brother Love. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a poll question. That's a Twitter poll. What a poll. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, I will go with Brother Love. Uh, because, I mean, who doesn't like a little brother love? Yeah, it's no. Um, I, mostly because ben, I, I remember when Ben McAdoo first got the gig. I mean, he looked like an insurance salesman. And then all of a sudden, by the time he got fired, he had the slick back hair and the skinny jeans. And uh, I'm exaggerating the skinny jeans, but you know what I mean? Like, Weird mustache, yeah, All of yeah. a sudden, he looked like an extra on, on some kind of, like, you know, rock star entourage. It was weird. <laughs> It was. Okay, James, one more Twitter question here for you. Um, this is coming from uh, Brady Dash and another giant mixed in here. So uh says, I need to start two of these. Delaney Walker, Evan Ingram, Josh Gordon, or Marquise Lee. Of course, Gordon has kind of that, that interesting upside with all the targets, but we don't know if the quarterback can actually get it to him. Yeah, um, you know, I think the two the two options there for you, I think, are Marquise Lee and Josh Gordon, as crazy as that sounds. But, I don't know, Josh Gordon versus this Green Bay, you know, defense that not only comes in uh, not playing very good in the secondary, not very well in the secondary, rather, but also one of the top corners, you know, Kevin King mm. put on IR, too. So um, what we saw what Josh Gordon can do against a very good corner, maybe one of the best, you know, three or four corners in the league. Um, they're in, I was about to say San Diego, but against the Chargers, I just, I was really encouraged by what I saw there. And, and listen, man, I'm starting my Josh Gordon apology tour because I have been telling people, no, you can't play this guy. He's not worth a pickup. I mean, he hasn't played in three, three years. Last time we saw him play, his game tape was terrible. I don't like him. It's not going to happen. I wish him the best. Great story. Great comeback story. But no, he's not going to be fancy relevant this year. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he balled he's out. dominating the air yards. He's getting the targets. As you mentioned, double-digit targets. He got 11 targets against Casey Hayward, of all people, and yeah. put up 85 yards. I will buy that. Um, and yes, I think he's an absolute must-play because you got to chase the ceiling. Against Green Bay secondary, that is absolute trash. I will play Josh Gordon and chase that two-touchdown upside. It's not because Well, James, you're right. You say two touchdowns. If you had a, a, an average quarterback, even slightly below average quarterback, he would have gone off for 150 and two touchdowns last week. Like He, he, he just would have. Right. That, that's it's how crazy that is. 
Man. Yeah, I mean, and again, for me, it's a little bit less about Deshaun Kaiser. It'd be nice if, um, you know, they had better quarterback play there. But I just think the volume in the air yards mm. to me is, you know, the depth of the actual targets that he's getting are so far downfield. He, he's not going to convert on everything, but, you know, if he can convert on 40% of his catches that deep de- downfield, he's going to break one for a touchdown. Yeah. It yeah. just feels inevitable. Now, that look, that being said, I think there's going to be a little bit of course correction. I think they'll give Corey Coleman a few more looks than they gave him in week 13 uh, here in week 14. Because, again, keep in mind, before Gordon came back, Coleman was actually playing really, really good football. So um, I, I, I'm looking for that target distribution to kind of even out a little bit. But, hey, listen, man, don't be surprised if they give each one of those guys eight or nine looks in this game. Interesting. Interesting. Well, James, it's going to be a fascinating opening playoff weekend in the fantasy football world. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, no, absolutely. Anytime you guys need it. That was James Coe, NFL Network Fantasy Football Anchor. Get him on Twitter, at James D. Coe. Okay, we'll take the break. Wrap up the show. I'll tell you how you can win Domino's Pizza Prizes and cash on our DraftKings contest, as well as my sleeper picks. Get you ready for the fantasy football playoffs. A lot more coming up on TSN 4 Downs. Tight end, two receivers right, one receiver to the left. Ingram in the backfield with Breeze. Snap to him. Breeze shoots it. End zone intercepted. Oh! Goodness, Jones! 20-17, the Falcons beat the Saints on a night when it wasn't very pretty, but it's a Falcon victory. Then he asked me again, and I said, I've already called the time. I probably said it with a little bit more home for vigor than I'm supposed to, but I had enough. i gotta be, I got to be smarter than that. Thursday nighter, implications, NFC South, man. So the Saints are 9-4, and four. Falcons dropped to 8-5, and five. Sean Payton at the end there. I'm Andy McNamara. Back to wrap up TSN 4 Downs on Twitter at AndyMC81 at TSN 4 Downs. Get us on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you miss any of the show, you can get it on the show page, tsn1050.ca. If you miss James Coe of NFL Network with the Fantasy Football Playoff Tips or Jordan Ronan talking Giants and Cowboys from ESPN, you can get the link on Twitter also at TSN 4 Downs at AndyMC81. And we are delivered by Domino's Pizza. Go to dominoes.ca, folks. Hey, so many sports this weekend. Go check out, get any medium feast pizza for ten ninety nine. That's it. Delivery, carry out, whatever you want. You want side dishes, pop, marble cookie, brownie for dessert, whatever you need. Dominoes.ca has you covered. Couple tweets coming in. We put it out there earlier in the show. Would you let your kid play football after that? Well, the the, the Bengal Steelers game, which was just nasty, headshots all over the place. Camaro got concussed early in the Saints Falcons game. Uh, a couple quick tweets from at Brian Furlong five. Said uh, it's his first tweet ever. He's 58. His father was a quarterback. He was a quarterback. His older bro and his and essentially his family. It's perennial have played football through the generations. And he said, "I'm not sure I want my son to play in grade nine. Not sure, and it pains me deeply to say that." Uh, at trainers on site says, "I wouldn't let my kids play football or hockey. Very rough. Anything that requires a helmet could be questionable." And at Trevor Marconi uh, says, "How how wasn't there a flag for the Kamara hit? Stupid and inconsistent calls." So it's just a few of the the takes there. And uh, on Twitter, you can use the hashtag AskAndy. And I'm usually pretty good about getting back to the fantasy questions that you put out there. Uh, got one here from at C underscore Roland3. Uh, hashtag Andy, need your help. Flex spot standardly Gore, Lynch, or Landry. And this slides into my sleeper picks on DraftKings. You can check it out, DraftKings.com on the DK Playbook. I went with the ageless one with Frank Gore. 3900 bucks on DraftKings. 
And if you got him in your, your fantasy league, I wouldn't mind slotting him in maybe in, in a flex spot. Because versus teams with weak run defenses, Gore can still produce. He's not a guaranteed starter every week by far anymore. At that age, he's just not in behind that Colts line. But the Buffalo Bills, they're his juiciest foe of the season. They're allowing 120.4 rushing yards per game, have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs in PPR formats this season. So I like Frank Gore in that spot. Uh, and Scrizz, there's a little bit of a different format to our Domino's DraftKings contest this week at DraftFree.com where you can win a Domino's pizza grand prize in cash at DraftFree.com. Usually it's pick them, but we got a little surprise. The salary cap style this week. I like this style a little bit better because uh, it actually takes more strategy. Right, right. And the pick them style is great because you can do it quickly. The salary one, you have 50000 bucks to spend, and you got to kind of mix and match, right? you got to you you look your for math the bargains. Out. Exactly. And that's where, uh, so you can do that and sign up now, draftfree.com, draftfree.com, and play us head-to-head. I came in second last week. You and me and our significant others were yeah. all in the top ten. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? In like By like 4 o'clock. And I know. And we were texting each other, just <laughs> like, we got to stop giving these girls advice. I know. I want to win money, damn it. I got to pay for Christmas gifts. Chris, I was in first place until like 3.55, and I was kicking back. like, yeah, I got the Domino's grand prize, and somebody else jumped up and beat me. I think it was... One of the uh, 1050 listeners. WP um, Weston or something. Yeah, Preston. Preston, Preston. Snuck up and beat me. But that's what... We're going head-to-head, so we'll give you a few tips, but we want to win. But you can can jump in there, free to enter, and go to draftfree.com. Now, the value here, because you, you unpick the big names, of course, but if you can sprinkle in, Scrizz, some quality sleeper guys, you save money to spend on the bigger guns at different times. So I'll go through my DraftKings sleepers here, a couple of them anyway. At tight end, Gronk is out, right? So if you're in, if you're in your, your fantasy playoffs this weekend and you had Gronk, a pickup on the waiver wire and a value in DraftKings, Steven Anderson of the Texans. I like this yeah, guy a no, lot. He had a, he had a good game last week against the Titans. With uh, C.J. Fedorowicz out for the year, back on IR. Ryan Griffin there. But, Squiz, this isn't just your run-of-the-mill, oh, he's the next man up, let's see what happens. He was a high school wide receiver, a lot of athleticism, and he has some chemistry with Savage. He can make plays. That's I, I like that price. So I'm going to slot him in in my tight end spot. I mentioned Frank Gore. Um, also, Trent Taylor for the 49ers. Everybody's going to be taking Marquise Goodwin. And when you look at, at, at for, for DraftKings, you want to take the guys you like who are going to produce, obviously. But you also have to take into account the differential points. Because if everybody picks Tom Brady every week, right? Th- that doesn't get you anywhere. Where are you going to find the value to jump up in the standings? And I think Trent Taylor could be that guy for San Francisco. You got Jimmy G. You all know how much I love Jimmy Garoppolo. Goodwin's the main target there. Everyone's going to be going after him. Trent Taylor, 6-for-6, six six, 92 yards. He's 5'8", 178, little scat back, right? Little Wes Welker type of guy. Glue for fingers. That's what you want in the PPR format. You go for Taylor. Garoppolo has that chemistry, and he's going to be able to go up against uh, a Houston defense that really, the shell. Right, Chris? It's a shell of like its former it's self. It's and a bunch of guys. Yeah, right? So but... I love Trent Taylor at that at that price point at uh, 3300 bucks. I like uh, I like the Bills this week in the snow against Indy. That, that could be good. Kind of, kind of go against your Frank Gore well, pick. It's, it's but tricky. But it's unpredictable in that weather. It, it really is. And that's why with the poor run defense, I like Gore. The defense I'm going to go with is Tampa Bay. If Matt Stafford doesn't play, that's a huge pick. You, because the backup, um, who, who's going who's to play? Sean Lavery. <laughs> Hockey <laughs> and Licks producer Sean Lavery could slide in. Uh, Jake Ruddick. 
Anybody uh, popping Jake Ruddick into the lineup? Uh, here's, and I mentioned it with James Coaster. Sometimes people get crazy when it comes to playoff time and fantasy football or, or sleepers. That, that's a, a comatose pick. That guy's not waking up pick. No. You don't go with Ruddick, okay? And even if Stafford plays, he had his hands stomped on. It's bruised. It's bad. The fact that he has not been cleared fully to play as of now concerns me because we saw his production in that offense plummet when he hurt his thumb last year. So Tampa Bay, they can get you points in chunks. They have a game where they had six sacks. They had a different game with multiple interceptions. They're not perfect. Don't get me wrong. But you don't have to be if Stafford's not at 100%. So I'll slide in Tampa Bay. Who are you liking, who are you liking quarterbacks, Chris? There's the, two guys that I like. I like Phillip Rivers. Because the Washington it's Redskins Washington. matchup looks really juicy. It's yep. in L.A. And they're clicking that and offense. East Coast teams traveling West Coast. Uh, there's something there. Yep. So I like Phillip Rivers. And I think a little bit cheaper, Dak Prescott against the Giants. That could be. That's. I'm almost staying away from that one because I don't know the emotion of Eli coming back. That just that one just has a, a weird feel to me. Okay. Do you trust Dak Prescott or would you trust like an Alfred Morris more on that Dallas offense? Ooh. Maybe Alfred Morris. Because Morris would be a good deal on yeah. DraftKings as well. Yep, he would be. Absolutely. I'm staying away from a Brett Hundley versus Cleveland. I know the Browns stink and I like Corey 12. Coleman this week. I'm oh, calling. Hey, hot take. Okay. Cleveland Browns get their first win of really? the year. Yeah. You, oh. Brett Hundley? You scared of Brett Hundley? The Packers You're scared won. of Aaron Jones? The Packers won, Scrizz. The Packers won with him throwing for 94 yards, dude. That, and how often <laughs> does that happen? <laughs> Against that team, I don't know. I hope you're right. Believe me. It's in Cleveland. Yeah. Believe they me. Have, no one wants you to be more right than me. They have to win one. They have to win uh, one. I think that John win, Dorsey's going to give a big motivating speech before the game. Go win it. Fire the troops up. And cut Kenny Britt. They're going to win 7-6. to six. <laughs> <laughs> In an ugly one. More weather, the better. Yeah. Like, I predicted last year correctly that the Browns would beat the Chargers on Christmas Eve. I'm calling my shot again. Browns beat the Bears on Christmas Eve as the Lord Almighty comes down and gives the Browns a break. 2-14 this That's, year, then. 2-14. 2 and 14. <laughs> two and 14. All right. I'll take it. I will take it. 100% increase on their wins last, than last year. Wow. All right. Great show, everybody. Thanks to our guest, James Coe. And Jordan Ronan, to all of you, remember, enter that DraftKings contest at DraftFree.com. Follow along on Twitter at TSN4Downs, at AndyMC81, iTunes and SoundCloud if you miss any of the shows. And I have the link posted on Twitter. Good luck in your fantasy football playoffs. For producer Mike Skrzniak, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN4Downs.